Welcome. You've splash landed into this Prosecco-laden podcast, straight into the woo-woo pool with the crew of OMG. We're just a simple group of tragically imperfect and highly empathic BFFs, exploring a wide range of atypical topics with humor, grace, and curiosity. This is OMG. Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are joining us on this beautiful Black Friday just after Turkey Day. It's Camille and Kachandra, and no one else. Just us two, because we are here to talk about weight and the woo. Why us two? We've got a lot more people in our group, so why us? Well, for me, I've battled weight my entire life. I mean, well, most of my life anyway, from adolescence to current day up and down like a yo-yo. And I think we all know that there's something to the whole empath and weight gain situation. It does tend to show up a lot for us. Are we Wiccans? Are we Thickens? I just don't know. Are we both? Maybe we're both. Maybe we are. But we are here to talk about that today, and we might even roll into part two and three. We'd love your feedback. Like I said, The reason that I'm an expert on this issue is because I've battled with weight pretty much my entire life. And Kachandra, go ahead and explain why you are called to talk about this. Yeah, uh, you and I have talked about this several times. We have a very similar history where that's concerned. And I've even struggled with a lot of blame, for lack of a better word, because Mm -hmm. when I was very young, like up to about the age of five, I was like almost emaciated. Like I had a a medical condition that no matter what calories I took in, they just didn't metabolize or something. Okay. And then um, about the age of five, I was put on a a medication. Well, all of a sudden food tasted really good. Oh boy. And, you know, I had never had that before. And so, you know, like by third grade, I was over a hundred pounds. And so like, you know, part of me is like, well, how much different would my life have been if that had never happened? And so I was I was heavy and overweight up until my mid to late 30s. At that point, I, at my heaviest, I was probably 250. Okay. And then it's kind of like you just have to find the thing that works for you. And luckily, I found a dietitian and a diet that worked for me and that I was able to stick to and um, lost 100 pounds. Mm. You know, over and that was like, what, 15 years ago, okay. 10, 15 years ago, you know, at this point I've probably gained maybe 20 of it back, but I mean, over the course of 15 years and you think about, you know, oh my gosh, health yes. issues, menopause, the whole you know, thing that women deal with hormonal changes, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I think that's, I'm going to call it maintenance. <laughs> Some of you out there might not, but I'm going to call it maintenance, but it's a perpetual lifestyle thing because it's never going to be something that you stop thinking about. Every time you look at food, you're going to think, oh yeah, how many, you know, I always say, and you've, I know you've agreed with me on several occasions, the fat girl never dies yes. inside your head. I've been slim. I've been obese. I've been chunky and chubby and slightly overweight the entire gamut. And even when you're thin and healthy and you feel good, it's a constant mental mm-hmm. struggle without yes. a doubt. Yes. Our saying is the fat bee never dies. She's always in there telling you, telling you lies. And I mean, I've even had instances where after I lost 70 pounds of the hundred really, really, well, I'll say really fast, but uh-huh. you know, within, within a year. And I remember 
like being shopping with my mother. And we would walk by a store that had slightly blackened windows and I would catch sight of myself and I wouldn't recognize myself Mm -hmm. because that's not what I look like in my head. Right. Like I don't know her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, the thing is when you're not looking in a mirror, you don't feel that that's how other people see you. Like that's what they're looking at because that's not how I feel. There's always, you know, to throw out a big psychological word, that body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. disorder. I think that's very common as well Yeah, among people that struggle with weight. And again, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of people in the woo community do. For me, it's always been like a suit of armor, Mm -hmm. this fat on my body, these fat rolls. It's a protective shell. Right. It has enabled me to fly under the radar in many situations or to be discounted when mm-hmm. really I wanted to be counted. Mm-hmm. But it's it's an excellent way to be overlooked and just kind of skate through life. And Right. Because yeah, the, yeah the, there's all these connotations that come along with it. You know, like if, if you're overweight, you have no willpower. Or if you're overweight, then you're not as clean as someone else. Right. You know, you're obviously out of control. You're obviously, you know, a slouch or, you know, yeah, whatever. So I totally get that. And it, you know, there's almost when you do lose weight and you get to the point where you're, you know, of what culture perceives as a, as a more normal weight. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember because at the time I was working in corporate America and I just remember the anger about how people were treating me because it's mm. like, I'm the same person. Yes. I'm the same person. And seven months ago, you wouldn't look me in the eye. Mm-hmm. Oh, And now you're standing in my doorway trying to say some stuff. I, exactly. You know, so, I mean, you know, it's not, there's a lot of emotions too that come along with, you know, with, with the losing of the weight and, and stuff that you, when you start the journey, you don't even necessarily think about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so just, yeah, just, I was really shocked at how many people treated me differently just because I had lost weight. And a whole lot of anger comes out because, mm-hmm. you know, when I've been down on my skinny side before, exactly the same, your family treats you different. Your friends treat you different. It's especially work too. And of course, attention from men, you know, it's that will knock you on your keister right Mm -hmm. there. And I even, um, I even remember at one point I noticed treating myself differently. Now you outgrow that very quick because, you know, the negative self-talk and like, like we said, the body image in your head, but I found myself, you know, just like buying better perfume all of a sudden. Because you're worth it now. Because I'm worth it now, right? Buying those, you know, those expensive pair of shoes that you, you know, because I had always been, and this is another thing, guys, I had always been just, I hope I don't offend anybody. I was a shoe whore. I would do anything for a pair of shoes, (laughs) anything, because I could, as a fat girl, I could buy the cute shoes. Yes. I could have a lot of shoes. Shoes fit. Yep. And my feet look cute in the shoes. Mm Mm-hmm. But not so much the jeans or the top or the dress. So, you know, I had dozens and dozens of pairs of shoes. But I knew because because you're heavy, they're going to wear out fast. And, you know, the taps are going to come off. And, you know, you're going to hurt at the end of the day. You're going to scuff them in some way. You know, you you just know they're not going to last very long. And so I never bought the really expensive pair. Mm -hmm. And then I, I found myself like seriously contemplating like a couple of hundred dollar pair of shoes for the first time. And I'm like girl, what's going, what's going on in your head? Because you've never thought about this before. And I really right. had to, had to like 
do a little soul searching about why, why am I worth it now? Why am I treat? I'm even treating myself. I've getting mad. I'm getting mad at these people for treating me different, but I'm, I'm even treating myself differently. That's an excellent point. And, you know, like with any problem that we deal with, there's always the shame mm-hmm. that's locked in there. And society has fed it to us right and left, especially in our generation. One thing that I've always been a little bit tickled and probably slightly jealous about it, the newer generation. It's okay if you're a guy and you like a bigger girl, mm-hmm. you know, oh, she's thick, she's hot, that kind of, that was just not the case when we were no. young and coming up. Not no. at all. Well, and, you know, I don't want this to turn into like, you know, the obesity of America kind of thing. Right. Because, but um, it's more relevant. I mean, you see more girls who carry an extra 20 pounds now than you did when we were growing up. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's a common concept that people are just larger now. Mm-hmm. And so it's more, um, you know, it's not the shocking thing to see like it was when, you know, when we were growing up. Right. But you were talking about like the shame mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. I was doing, um, you know, as we all do, you know, how many, how many diets have you gone on? Oh my gosh. I brought my list. Okay. You know, how many, um, <laughs> how many things have you tried to, you know, exercise routines and, you know, diet pills and, and oh gosh, we've all, yes. we've all tried the thousand things, but after I, you know, started the awakening, you know, I was also looking at like childhood trauma, you know, what am I, what is creating this need to hold on mm-hmm. to this weight and not release it? And so um, I was doing some tapping. I'd found a, a thing online and I was, you know, kind of tapping along with it, trying to like unlock, like what's the, what's the childhood trauma or what's the limiting belief or what's, what's the thing that right. won't allow me to release this. And I had a memory come up okay. and, and it's really, um, I think the whole Gemini ADHD, like <laughs> tapping has never worked wonders for me. Like it'll help bring down the anxiety, but it's never like, I've never had stuff come up tapping like I did this time. Okay. And I was doing the tapping and it was about trying to go back to like a childhood memory around your favorite food. Like you had to pick your favorite food and then you went back to your first memory of that food. Hmm. Okay. Mine is pasta. Okay. Like cannot get enough pasta. And what came up was my mother and I lived with her parents. So we we lived with my grandparents and my mom rarely cooked. It was always my grandmother that cooked. And really the only thing that my mom made often was her spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Like she made her own sauce and, and she would make spaghetti. And there was, and we always had the spaghetti bowl. We put the spaghetti in this one certain bowl, you know, and um, like I had the memory of that was the only thing she made for me to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, and it's different. This is like my mom made that for me. Right. It's comfort. Yeah. It's comfort. And just like the happiness, like uh, that bowl broke long ago, but even just like thrifting, I found another one <laughs> and I bought it because I had to have that bowl. That bowl was just my spaghetti bowl. Yeah. You know, and hold so, on to that slice of childhood there. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like pasta, having a pasta meal brings back that one happy, happy memory from mm-hmm. childhood. And it's like, holy crap that, you know, what a realization. And it's just being mindful of that because when you start like, it's okay to have spaghetti dinner, but when you think, oh, I'm full, but I want seconds, yeah, you know, at least you can be mindful of now why. Okay. That's not my need for more carbohydrates. My body isn't 
craving it. I just don't want to stop feeling happy. Right. That hug from the inside. Exactly. Is what a lot of people describe overeating. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that, you know, it's the childhood trauma is the whole entire reason that I gained weight or anything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at least in that case, it is the reason why I would overeat that one particular thing. Mm -hmm. And of course, if, if you had a bad day, the first thing you want to do is come home and make carbonara or you know, or some kind of pasta dish for dinner. So you end up having it more, more often than probably you should, that kind of thing. So I I really, I feel like it's important to, to kind of do that kind of work too, and get mindful of some of the reasons why you, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you tend to gravitate to the things you tend to gravitate to. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. A lot of overeating is born out of trauma or, you know, self-comfort, that kind of thing. I think in my family, And I've read this before, where if you find a lot of alcoholics in one family, Mm -hmm. a lot of times it will typically be the men. And then the women are hugely addicted to sweets because that is their go-to and their comfort. And that's probably a pretty good description of my immediate family dynamic. Mm -hmm. My grandfather that we lived with was also Mm -hmm. an alcoholic. Yeah, I mean, really, both things are just massive amounts of sugar in your Mm -hmm. gut, releasing, I guess, all the dopamine or just making you feel good and taking you out of that brief trauma experience, whether it's your, you know, emotionally abusive husband yelling the house down or you can't do a thing right. So you're going to comfort yourself somehow. Yeah. Or your grandmother that drinks sweet tea. Yes. Like all like that's the only thing she would. And my grandmother, God rest her bones, but it was syrup. It was tea syrup with lemon in it. It was, I mean, you know, it was Mm -hmm. sticky. On the outside of the glass, it was so sweet. So, but you know, that's what you grew up drinking at every meal. And yeah, yeah. with tons of added white, pure cane sugar mm. and sodas as well. I mean, they were pretty much always a staple in most people's refrigerator. And it was almost unheard of to give a child a glass of water. It was going to be milk, mm-hmm. it was going to be soda or sweet tea. Right. Or sweet tea or Kool Aid or yes. something. Oh, don't get me started. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, true. But another thing that has, come up recently is, is, you know, as a an adult now in the stage of life that I'm in, I have, I really feel that I'm undiagnosed ADHD. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much of the symptoms that looking back through my life, I can be like, oh my God, that makes sense. Right. Right. So I'll say out the gate, I'm undiagnosed at this point. However, comma, I have uh, some of the stuff I've read about children and young adults in ADHD, the caffeine hits different. Mm. Like because you are attention deficit, the caffeine helps you focus. Gotcha. And so you, you know, I've always said, you know, most people have coffee. I'm not a hot drink person of any version, but I had to have that Pepsi or that something first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like that was my caffeine. Yeah. And I, it always, always kind of wondered like what was different about me because I could drink soda at night or after I was an adult, we could go out to dinner and have coffee after dinner. And everybody else was, oh, make it a decaf or I just won't sleep. And I'm like, that is so not me. I'll I'll (laughs) drift off and sleep like a baby. But it's because the caffeine, my body was metabolizing it different. My body was creating the dopamine to help me focus in the moment. Right. And then once that kind of, I want to say high for lack of a better word, was over, I was right back to to normal and could, you know, fall asleep like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just things like that, that looking back, I realize, oh, well, that 
that makes sense now. It does make sense. And, um, well, and, well, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but where I was going with that is also, you know, if that hits different, then the cookie is going to hit different and the right. pasta is going to hit different. And the things that you love are going to create that dopamine kick mm-hmm. as well. And you're going to feel, you're going to have the motivation that you normally lack when you haven't done something to kick up the dopamine. So you feel better about yourself in the moment. Like two days from now when your pants don't fit anymore, you're going (laughs) to berate yourself. But in the moment, you feel like a better version of you Mm -hmm. because you're now alert and focused. And so you tend to do that again and again until until you can't button the pants. You got your reward. (laughs) Right. You got your little chemicals flowing. So, yeah. Okay, let's take a break and then we will be right back and finish up this conversation on weight and the woo. Hi, this is Chandra. Brenda and I would like to invite you as part of our podcast community to join us on either Facebook or Instagram live each Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern U.S. time, where we give free Oracle readings for fans of the show. Just follow us on our OMG podcast, Facebook, or Instagram page. You can post or DM us your questions there each week with the hashtag WooWooWisdom, and then tune in at 11 a.m. each Friday on our page to watch your free reading. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can always catch it on the replay. This is just our way of saying thank you for being part of our WooWoo family. Hope to see you this Friday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, thank you for hanging in there with us, and thank you for coming back and listening to Chameleonaire and Kachandra um, <laughs> talk about weight and the woo and uh, our lifelong experiences with, you know, with dealing with, you know, obesity and just all of the stuff that brings and correlating that with the woo. It's also like just, just the, you know, the feeling of not, not having as much control over things like, you know, yeah. you lose control around food and just the, like the self deprecation that comes along with that. I feel like i brought that into my spiritual awakening as well. Mm-hmm. Just like when connecting didn't come as easily for me, you know, it was kind of like, well, why would it? Because, um, you know, this and that and the other, that the bullying, the things that you were called when you were bullied and yeah, everything, you know, like, I, you know, I'm not worthy. Why would it be? Why would it be easy for me? Nothing else is easy for me. You mm-hmm. know, just the, the kind of spiraling thoughts that you have that kind of you know, lead into that self-deprecating mode. So I, I do feel like it uh, also hindered, you know, connected to my intuition in some way. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the weight itself, but the mindset that it engendered at times. Yeah. And it's funny because so many times 
we will have a parent that abandons us or a narcissistic parent or some kind of family dynamic, like I touched on the alcoholism earlier, that kind of turns us into that empath. We soak it all in and we take on that weight for that self-protection. And then we get older and we feel like, okay, well, I've gotten away from that family dynamic a little bit. Surely I'm healed now. I'm in control. But then what do we do? We start attracting narcissists. We start attracting drama queens and kings and other high maintenance types of personalities because we are the healer. We Mm. are the fixer. And more than anything, we are the sponge. Right. So you feel like you've had a little breakthrough when you hit adulthood and you get some independence and then you turn around and you start attracting everything that you run from. Mm -hmm. So I know that resonates with you as well. Absolutely. And um, I mean, that is one of the things that I attribute to being able to lose weight, you know, in my 30s was, I'm going to say lucky, I got very lucky mm-hmm. and, you know, met my now husband. Right. And he's a very supportive person, very laid back, absolutely no drama. Yeah. Well, you know, we've been together, oh, what, I'm at 15 years now. I cannot remember a fight, not one. Now we've had disagreements and, you know, and we, you know, doing little projects together, we get frustrated with right. each other, obviously, as, you know, as do friends, as do friends. But as far as like a, a getting mad at one another and having an argument, never. So just, you know, being able to be secure in a relationship for the first time mm-hmm. and there be no, absolutely no drama and have somebody tell you the truth. The first time they say something, it's the truth and you don't have to like pull it out of them or, you know, whatever they put. They say they're going to call you at 10 o'clock. They call you at 10 o'clock, not at three o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, well, you know, what happened? Why, you know, and all the lies that come with that. They do what they say they're going to do. Mm-hmm. The security that comes with that. You know, I really do attribute getting happy, like being in that secure relationship, having somebody that I could depend on and that could depend mm-hmm. on me and kind of removing that type of stress kind of gave me the ability to release that, like you were saying, that protection. It's kind of like you got your worthiness notarized and it's official now. Right. That's kind of how I see it. Right. Somebody actually finally saw it. So it's it's there and it's a real thing. Okay. And they're not love bombing you or blowing smoke or not trying to get something or yeah. Yeah. So it's a good thing. So I mean I give him, you know, a lot of a lot of the credit of being able to switch my mindset. Because mm-hmm. just of the environment that he created for us allowed me to do that. I think that was a big, a big part of it too. Good deal. So, you know, and also, like we said before, finding the, finding the thing that works for you. You have to find the thing that you can, that you can stay with and make a lifestyle and that will work for you. Cause not, not everything works for everybody. Absolutely. And I've even been in relationships before where I was overweight at the time and great guy loved me, but I could never fully accept that. Therefore, there was always that barrier, that guard up that kept me being inauthentic in Mm -hmm. this relationship. So it's kind of like shooting yourself in the foot in a lot of ways. And I think it would be a wonderful thing if we could all just realize our worth. And maybe weight isn't your thing. Maybe alcohol is your thing. Maybe weed is your thing. Maybe compulsive shopping is your thing, Mm -hmm. that good old retail therapy. You know, we've all got something that we wear like a big security blanket. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And finding that safety, whether Mm -hmm. you find it within yourself, whether someone else is able to show it to you so that you can embrace it. But um, 
yeah, just finding that place where you can be safe so that you can release the thing that you're, that you're using as the protection. Mm -hmm. And that's so not an easy thing to do. It is not. And And a lot of times, you know, it's our mind and bodies trying to keep us safe and we don't, we don't even realize it. Yeah. You, you have to do a lot of soul searching and get really, really mindful about a lot of things to realize that, oh, this is my body sabotaging me because it's trying to keep me safe. It's trying to do its job, but it's doing it in a right unhealthy way. Yeah. So as a Reiki practitioner, I've, you know, I've also theorized or, or questioned or wondered, you know, about limiting beliefs and, and mm-hmm. just certain, you know, traumatic events that you hold in the body. I mean, you know, we all know that we hold certain, certain traumas in the body, you know, the love the book, the body keeps score, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm wondering if there are certain things like that, that also attribute to, to weight and holding on to weight, not being able to release weight. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a breakthrough on that yet, but it's, but it's still something that kind of like in the back of my mind, I, I kind of keep rolling around that, you know, once you figure out that limiting belief or that block, like, is that something that could be treated by Reiki, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of break up that blockages or release it? It's a, one of the things that I've wondered about. Would that be a possibility? And, you know, it's perfectly plausible to me. Absolutely. But one thing I've also noticed from a personal standpoint, and when I hear my friends talk that are also dealing with weight issues, there have been times in my own life where I've been so good. I'm eating my baked chicken, I'm eating my green beans and my broccoli, and I'm walking, I'm exercising, I'm doing everything right. And weeks go by and not a pound comes off. Yeah, I might feel better, I might look a little better, but for some reason, my body is hanging on to that weight. And I've heard friends say this over and over, and we can blame things like, oh, menopause, whatever. But I think it comes down to that vibration you're still living mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. You're vibrationally holding on to who you are and who you are is that big girl, that thicken. Yeah. And so if your mind's not going to change, it doesn't matter that you're going through the motions and even eating healthier food. It's a full circle type thing to go through. Yeah. I totally believe in the quote unquote release factor Yeah, about, about weight. You know, if you're not in that mindset of, and it's kind of like law of law of attraction, abundance, you know, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, vibration, if you're not in that place of being able to release, whether it's the release of that limiting belief, or the just the release of the weight, you know, if you're in scarcity mode, and you're, you know, holding on to everything, Mm -hmm. weight's going to be one of those things as well. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I totally believe that it's if you're not in the mindset of I can let this go, then it's not no matter no matter how much you exercise and I, and I think that may be not all the time but you know a lot of people that say well I go to the gym four times a week five times a week and mm-hmm. I just don't lose any weight well where where's your mindset where yeah. are you in a place where you can let stuff go to bring in other things and like I said you know I think being in a safe stable relationship gave me the ability to get into release mode mm-hmm. I really, really, truly believe that working on release is another key to being Mm -hmm. able to let that weight go. Isn't there a lot of EFT tapping techniques Mm -hmm. specifically for weight loss? Yes, yes, there are. And that could just kind of like the reprogramming of your thought patterns Mm -hmm. when it comes to food. So yeah, that's totally huge. 
And they also say, you know, repeatedly that, well, you know, you can't drop a bad habit. You've got to replace it with a good one. Do you think that holds any truth? Only in the fact of if you're heavy, you can't go on a diet, get thin, and then go back to living the way that you were before. Right, right. It has to be. Been there, done that. (laughs) It has to be a lifestyle change. Yes. Like you have to find something that you can then do forever. And I'm not saying that you can never have another piece of cake or you can never have another cookie. Another Thanksgiving. Right. Another another Thanksgiving. (laughs) But you do have to get to the point where. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even yesterday, it came out of my mouth before I could stop it. And once I said it, I'm like, that is totally not the right mindset, Chandra. But, you know, I'm sitting down to this plate of food. And even though I got less than a spoonful of everything, I still got some of everything. Yeah. And you look down and it's this huge plate of food. In a joking, self-deprecating manner, as we always do, I said, there are more calories on this plate than I have eaten all week. Mm -hmm. But that's not the right mindset. Because I have done really well all week and ate really healthy all week, now I'm allowed to share this with my family and enjoy this And because I'm not going to eat like this every day. Right. Right. And I shouldn't berate myself for doing it mm-hmm. this one time, you know, one day of the month, one day of the year, you know, special event. Right. So, yeah, there's a mm-hmm. fat bee never dies. You know, I sit down to this plate and the first thing that I'm going to think is like, I'm going to try to guilt myself or make myself feel bad about mm-hmm. having all this food. It's all those ants, automatic negative thoughts. We've all got them crawling. Yeah. And it was out, of, you know, it was out of my mouth before I could stop it. But then, you know, right after I had to say, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, that was not how I should be thinking. And so I'm going to, I'm going to replace that thought. But you noticed it. Yeah. And you corrected it. That's what you were talking about, being mindful of it and replacing that with, you know, replacing the bad habit with the good habit. So instead of just saying that and then sitting there and feeling bad the whole time I'm shoving all the turkey and the dressing into my mouth, <laughs> which I would still do, by the way, but feeling bad about it. It's myself, still in the fridge, y'all. <laughs> but you, you know, you replace that with the good thought of, I haven't done this all week. I don't do this all the time. I'm going to sit here with my family and enjoy this. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be thankful for the hands that prepared it for me and, you know, all that kind of thing. So I don't know that I buy in, you know, replacing the habit with another habit, mm-hmm. but you do have to make long lasting changes to your thought patterns and your lifestyle and your, you know, it's not right. Replacing sitting on the couch with going to the gym. Yeah. It's changing the mindset around, you know, does that make sense? It makes sense yeah. to me, girl. Because you're, you're, yeah, you're never going to totally replace it. You know, you know, you can't just, that's the whole willpower thing. If we could all just replace one thing with the other, then we could just right. stop doing the thing. Right. All right, guys. Well, I think, I think we've pretty much covered everything that we had on the list talking about weight and the woo and how the two are connected and our personal Journeys with that being that we're sitting here still reveling in the fullness of of yesterday and um, all the feasts that ensued. So hope that you have a wonderful holiday season. Okay. So no matter what your beliefs, your limitations, your own experience is, we thank you so much for joining us today as we talked about weight and the woo. Like I said in the beginning, I think there's going to be room for a part two, three, four, maybe even more. We'd love to hear what you think. We'd love to hear some of your own experiences. So please check us out. And thank you for joining us on OMG. Thank you for joining us today. Please follow and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Stitcher, 
Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. It's so easy to do and such a huge help for us. We appreciate your interactions so much. Want to join us at our table? Make sure to check out our YouTube channel and join our Facebook community. If you've enjoyed this content and wish to support us, take a look at our Patreon page. All information and links will be in our podcast description. Catch you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.